You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> All right, I think we're live. I'm Doug Branson from the Locked On Hornets podcast. Live reactions to the new owners of the Charlotte Hornets, Speaking to the media, Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall, the deal is done. The deal is finalized. And uh, we are on uh, YouTube live. we got a few folks already in the chat. What's going on, Queen City Hornets? Stoppo! Welcome, friends, says Queen City Hornets. AMJJ says Plotkin laughed after Rick Schnall said something about bringing home a championship. Uh, listen, they're a long way. The franchise is a long way from a championship. I think uh, we know that. I think that the new owners know that. And there was a lot of talk in this press conference. They did take questions from the media. There was a lot of talk in this press conference about patience, about player development, and about what it takes to build an organization that will ultimately attract free agents E-E-E-E-A-A-A uh, says, what up, Doug, you sicko? What's going on? The sickos, this is a sicko show right here. We're talking August 3rd. There's no basketball being played. And we got a couple of uh, hedge fund bros. We got a couple of business uh, titans on the podium talking about basketball. And we're talking about what they're talking about. So this is the Ultimate Sicko Podcast. And uh, Randy saying, what's good? What's good, Randy? Topo to Briar. We got everyone up in the chat. Hit me with your questions. I don't know what people, I don't know if people watch that live broadcast. I don't know if you're just tuning in uh, and you haven't watched it. So I'm going to go over, I, I basically took notes of this thing. So I'm going to go down the, down the rundown here of what I noticed, what I heard, and just give you my thoughts on that and then head back to the chat occasionally for questions. Uh, by the way, uh, if you haven't signed up for my Substack, it's everyhornetsboxscore.com. Um, certainly, we'll be writing something about this on there. Uh, I do game recaps. You, If you watch the show, you know the drill. Everyhornetsboxscore.com helps support me there. So let's talk about this. We got started. We saw Del Curry emceeing the festivities. Good call. You get the ambassador there. No tie. Casual look. The black uh, the black suit or the black jacket with the black shirt. <laughs> I mean, I like it. Del Curry looking like the man in black. It was great. Um, new and he called this new this next chapter new and exciting. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. That's really up to uh, Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin. There was no Michael Jordan at the podium. He was not. I don't know if he was in attendance. I don't know if he was in the building, but he wasn't on camera. It was just Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin. I think that was important. You want to, you know, there, there was a lot of talk about like Michael Jordan taking the minority stake in the team. He's not. He's not completely leaving. I think the NBA wants you to know that. I think the new ownership group wants you to know that. There are a lot of fans of Michael Jordan. And even if you didn't particularly care for his leadership of the team, you know, I think still most people enjoyed the idea, at least, of Michael Jordan being the owner of the Charlotte Hornets. So I think it was important that they like maintain that connection while trying to step back. And and I didn't expect going into this that they were going to, you know, go scorched earth on it and say, like, we totally reject what happened with my, because Michael Jordan's still a minority investor. And one of the guys, Gabe Plotkin, uh, was a minority investor under Michael Jordan. So there's too many connections. And Rick Schnall was talking about going to his 
basketball fantasy camp at 35 years old 20 years ago. So like there's too many connections at this point, you know, for there to be that sort of abject react or you know, rejection of the Michael Jordan era of ownership that you know, may come subtly over time as they make different decisions, as they invest in different areas. But I don't think that's ever going to be sort of verbalized in a way where, like, I'm going to constantly look at Phoenix as the example where you have Matt Ishbia coming in, coming in, taking over a team where you had an owner <clears throat> who was not liked by the fans at all. <laughs> like he was a very unpopular owner. And so you had a guy coming in and he is going to say, I, I do reject, you know, what that guy is personally, but also, you know, Matt Ishbia came in and was very aggressive on the basketball front as well. To me, the main takeaway from this entire press conference is that this ain't going to be that. Okay. You're going to have, you're st- you still got Michael Jordan around and you have two people that I think are, interested in making sure that this is a good business and and obviously winning basketball games would make this a better business but i think the focus is going to make sure that their investment pays off and and you know and that's going to be priority number one and then under that will be you know what that sort of top level of winning looks like Um, so you had rick schnall introduced as co-chairman and governor And then Gabe Plotkin as the co-chairman and alternate governor. And really the governor piece of this is who gets to make the vote, you know, when they do the the voting for, when they bring all the governors together, the 30 governors, and they vote on things, who gets to actually say, all right, this is how the Hornets are voting. So that seems to be Rick Schnall, not Gabe Plotkin. Gabe Plotkin is the alternate governor. He was the alternate governor under Michael Jordan. And so... I don't think that that I think that that probably means like if I'm speculating that Rick Schnall, they said that they own like a similar amount. I would I would kind of guess that Rick Schnall maybe owns a teeny little bit more. Um, and that's why he's the governor and Gabe Plotkin's the alternate governor. But ultimately, I think these two are going to be making decisions together. And then, you know, Rick Schnall goes and, and makes that vote for for the entire ownership group, because it is a large ownership group. And and I, I assume that when Schnall and Pl- Schnall said that they own similar amounts. He was just talking about Schnall and Plotkin. And then you're going to have a lot of people under them that own, you know, percentages or maybe even less than a percent of the team. Uh, that's that's pretty common. Uh, so before I move on, let's take a look at the chat. Uh, Brent said, I wish someone would have asked them where PJ was. <laughs> yeah, Lamella was not in attendance. I did see a picture of Mark Williams. Uh, PJ would obviously not be in attendance because um, he is not technically signed to the team yet, still a restricted free agent. And uh, no, no news on that front. No one asked about that um, at all. Rivers Rising saying Jay Cole should assist in scouting and culture. I mean, look, they, they definitely highlighted the number of people that they have in this ownership group that are local. They, they really stress that. And I think they were stressing that because anytime you have an ownership change, you're going to have people that are stressed about that team moving. And especially when the two co-chairmen that are taking over one is from new york and one is from south florida now schnall says he's bought an apartment in charlotte says local ownership is important he he wants to be here a lot Uh, that's fine but they're not from charlotte and they're not from north carolina you know they don't have that connection that michael jordan had 
And so there is going to be that concern. And so they were pointing out, hey, we've got a lot of people in this group that are from North Carolina. Now, do I think that that matters to whether they ultimately move or not? Um, no, <laughs> I think that it, you know, ultimately, if the team wants to move, it would certainly be easier when the lease is up in 2045. Um, but even before then, if they, if they wanted to make a move, I don't think it's going to happen in the next couple of years, but if they wanted to make a move five, 10 years from now, somehow these, these business dealings, they find a way to happen if they're going to happen. Uh, but they did, you know, do their, I think a lot of this was very manicured. A lot of this was very prepared. They knew where the concerns were. These are business people. You know, they, they understand these kinds of things. They've done business deals before where they have to go out to investors. They have to go out to shareholders and say, hey, this is why we did this thing. Don't be mad at us. And so this is something I think they're accustomed to. And that's the kind of response. You got a business response here. You did not get a sports response fan you do not get a sports somebody that really i think approaches this is like hey this is my new toy like sometimes when people buy sports franchises you do get that that idea that like oh this person bought this because they enjoy sports so much they want to make this their little this, this thing and really when like billionaires do that it's especially because the cost of the franchise is not like some kind of overwhelming piece of their portfolio. And so it is kind of something that they can mess with a little bit, your Cubans, your Balmers, that kind of thing. But I think this was much more of a, you know, here's how we're going to be good stewards of a community business or whatever, you know, so that's, that's kind of what I, what I take from it. Um, Steven saying Dougie Fresh looking revitalized. I tell you, I just, I came off of uh, being sick for about three days and uh, yeah, I feel great. Um, and glad to be here on this live show. We got some news to talk about in August. I'm always refreshed when I get to come on here and talk about something that actually happened in August. And wow, I mean, something big happened. We've got an ownership change. All right, let's uh, keep those questions coming. I'm going to hit the chat again in just a few minutes. I'm going to go back to my notes, kind of running down what I heard in this press conference. Schnall laying it out for you. Rick Schnall saying, simple goal, create premier franchise in the NBA. Easier said than done. I think Michael Jordan would be the first to attest to that. I think he did attest to that in his thank you but not goodbye letter that he sent out, essentially saying, look, I know we didn't achieve all of the things that you know we wanted to achieve or that I wanted to achieve when I took over this team, okay? It's, it's difficult um, to win in professional sports. And there are barriers that are put in the way of small market franchises that they have to overcome. That's the challenge. And, you know, the Hornets, I think for the past couple of decades have not risen uh, to that challenge for a number of reasons. And now it's Schnall and Plotkin. It's their job now to prove that it can be done. Plotkin, here's one thing I loved hearing from Plotkin. He said, by the way, I love Plotkin. I just love saying Plotkin. Plotkin. It's just a great, <laughs> Schnall is good too. Plotkin slightly above that, but Schnall and Plotkin, just very fun names to say. Um, Michael Jordan, a goat name, not as fun to say as Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin, who I kept calling Gabe Kaplan for some reason, but it's Gabe Plotkin. Here's what I loved that Plotkin said. This is a top 10 to 15 market in basketball. I don't know if I believe it, but I love that he said it. Because I want them saying that 
until they make it happen. What do you fake it until you make it look in the mirror and say, I'm the greatest until one day, you know, all the things fall into place and you do all the things necessary to become great. You don't step in front of the camera and say, well, you know, we know that right now this isn't a great place that free agents want to come to, but we'll, we'll get there. You know, no, say right now, this is a top 10 to 15 market in basketball. Maybe not everyone realizes it, but it is. And we're going to make sure people realize it. And we're going to do that through investment. You know, I, I think that's what I want to hear more of. But he did say this is a top 10 to 15 market in basketball. He also said they want to be patient owners. They want to make smart decisions. Uh, they both stress their passion for the game, their connections to Michael Jordan, their love for the market. And again, I think that was important. You want to come in as somebody from New York and somebody from South Florida and say, hey, we recognize what kind of community this is. And this community does respect a team that is engaged in the community. They'll hang on with a team that is engaged in the community because I don't know what this fan base would look like if the Charlotte Hornets did all of this losing and you couldn't fall back on the outreach that Michael Jordan, the investment, the, the monetary investment that he made in areas of Charlotte that needed desperately needed monetary investment. And, and Michael Jordan, the strong stands that he took against uh, HB2, the bathroom bill, when the Hornets lost the the uh, when the Hornets lost the All-Star game, those strong stands, like I, I can't imagine, you know, what this fan base would look like with the losing and, and if all of those things didn't happen. So it's good to it's good that Plotkin and Schnall understand that to some extent. And hopefully they can put their actions uh, to those words and continue that investment while at the same time putting a product on the floor that people can, can be proud of as well, because I think I'm proud of this franchise from a community involvement perspective. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they, they've renovated parks. They've done all the things that you don't have to do. You don't have to do it, but they do it. And, you know, I hope that continues and they win some basketball games. Uh, so we finally got to the questions after that. Scott Fowler said, why did you do this together? And do you own the same amount? Schnall said they did it together because it would be more fun. <laughs> I think probably, okay, I may agree with that, but I think there were also probably some financial realities of like, hey, you got to come up with three Billy. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not easy to come up with the, you know, the money and you have to, you not only have to come up with it, it's got to be, you have to come up with it in such a way. It's like, by, I, I imagine that the NBA governors would only approve an ownership group if they felt like, okay, not only can you pay to take the team, but once you pay to take the team, we also have to know that you have enough money and investment that you can keep cutting the checks like a year from now, or if you have a bad business deal somewhere else, you can still keep cutting the checks. Like there, there has to be some, like a, a little bit of liquidity there so that a team you don't have a situation like what, with what happened with George Shin when he moved the team to New Orleans, when he moved the Hornets to New Orleans and then had to sell the team because everything else was falling apart for him. And so you had a forced sale. The NBA had to end up selling the team. They don't want that to happen again because it looks Bush League. It looks like, you know, like some like professional lacrosse league or something where teams just suddenly fold. You can't have that happen in the NBA or the NFL or the MLB. So there were some financial realities that I'm sure, look, if somebody can't come in like a Balmer or an Ishbia or some like business Titan and come in and say, all right, here's three billion. And don't worry, I've got a couple other billion over here if uh, things get rough. Um, so, you know, instead they had to do this kind of group 
pulling together of, of funds, I imagine. Um, but I'm sure it is more fun to, you know, especially for Schnall and Plotkin who have to make these decisions, you know, and in concert with Michael, who they said essentially told them, like, if you need me in some area, I'll be there for you. Uh, and, I, and I think that might concern some fans who would like a clean break. But I think for the most part, this is going to be a cleaner break than people realize. I think Michael loves the idea of being involved in the NBA. I'm not sure how much he loved being um, involved after after all this time. I think it was interesting at first, and you saw him being super involved in the day-to-day transactions of the team, and then that became less and less over the years. So I don't expect him all of a sudden to get super interested. I think Schnall and Plotkin are going to have pretty much free reign to um, do as they please. All right, let's head back to the chat. Uh, Noah says, I still think that small market thing is a horrible excuse that the Hornets try to hide behind. Um, I agree, Noah. I didn't hear that a lot from these two. I mean, I think they are – I think that's honestly the advantage of having two people that aren't from Charlotte or aren't from the Carolinas. They don't come into it with that kind of – I think there is a little bit of inherent bias of thinking, hey, we're the underdogs. We're the small guys. We're, we're going we're gonna to fight New York and Chicago. And, you know, you had Schnall talking very intelligently about the nature of the free agent market, that it has changed, that the, you know, you can, media is national now. It's not local. It's not a situation like when Alonzo Mourning went to Miami because he didn't feel like he could, you know, elevate his brand unless he was playing in an arena with a lot of, uh, you know, fancy suites or whatever. Like it's not that situation anymore. Like you can, you can come to Charlotte and be a national brand. It doesn't matter, but you can't come to Charlotte and lose and be a national brand. Damian Lillard's not going to come to Charlotte. Not because, you know, Charlotte's not New York or Charlotte's not Chicago. He's going to, he's not going to come to Charlotte because Charlotte doesn't have a history of being able to bring in multiple stars and go after championships. Um, so, yeah, uh, but I agree, Noah. That's a silly excuse, and I hope they don't lean on that a- anymore. Um, everything, everything Buzz City says, anybody else feeling a little bit more optimistic now? Uh, I think so. I, I, well, I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic only because it is changed. I, I don't think I'm feeling like crazy optimistic because I don't th- – my takeaway from this whole press conference was not – these two are Matt Ishbia and they're going to come in and just like clean house immediately. And they're going to go after big time free agents and they're going to spend whatever it takes. You hear that sometimes when people take over franchises, they say, we're going to spend whatever it takes to make this a win. I didn't, I didn't get that. uh, I didn't get that vibe from this. I got a, a lot of words like patient and a lot of words like player development and a lot of words like, we have a good core. They did say that uh, we don't intend to make any changes. There's a little confusion about what exactly they were meaning here. I took this to mean they weren't going to make any changes to like front office. They did say basketball ops in the short term. They mentioned Mitch. So, and we had talked about that on the show, and that's in line with what I believed was going to happen that they were going to give time for this core, especially after last season, Plotkin is very aware of how last season went, the injuries, all of the things that made last season a difficult thing to judge this team based on. Um, I think that they're going to give this time to play out, but how much time 
That's going to be the big question. I do ultimately think they will look to put their stamp on this organization. It's just not going to be sooner. It's it's going to be later. Uh, another interesting question. Oh, and Plotkin also said long-term vision. They've got, they've got a long-term vision for this. So that, I think, if you're a little bit optimistic, that's where the little bit comes in because I do still think you're going to you're going to see a lot of the same maneuvers. You're not going to see immediate changes to this roster or to this front office. I think they are going to slowly push this thing in what they feel is the right direction with the core that they already have established in LaMelo Ball, Mark Williams, Brandon uh, Miller, uh, you know, and the, the, the other draft picks that they have, plus Miles Bridges, maybe if they decide to renegotiate or negotiate a contract in free agency for him uh, next season. We'll have to see. How much will we see you was another question. Uh, and Rick Schnall said, I intend to be here a lot. Local ownership is really meaningful and that we recruited local owners. We don't intend to make any changes. They said that. And then Ashley Mahoney from uh, WCNC said, how will you work with the city on investing in facilities? Plotkin called Spectrum Center a little outdated. Schnall said this facility will be dramatically different two years from now. He's referencing already agreed upon renovations. They That was the agreement that the city of Charlotte and the Hornets Sports and Entertainment came to when they extended the lease to 2045. That came with you know, many hundred, I think it was multiple hundreds of millions of dollars of, of funds for renovations that came out of uh, hotel taxes. Uh, so uh, those renovations are under, I think part of them are underway behind the scenes, like behind the house. Um, so locker rooms, probably things like that. And then you're going to see some different things out in the concourses and and possibly, you know, within the actual, they've already got the new board up, but there are going to be some other things that happen over the course of the next two years. Uh, so that should be exciting for fans. I mean, if you are in Charlotte, if you're a local and you're going to the games, you know, but this was already, this wasn't a Schnall and Plotkin thing. This was already in the works. Now, what is, what will be a Schnall and Plotkin thing was something that was referenced multiple times, and that's a new practice facility. Schnall saying that, you know, in his experience with the Atlanta Hawks, having a state-of-the-art practice facility is super important to players. Um, this is where they train. This is where they get better for uh, the upcoming season. And so you want to make sure that those facilities are top-notch and that they're standalone. Apparently that's important, that it's a standalone facility. The one that the Hornets have is not. It's connected to the Spectrum Center, if you don't know. Um, when you walk to the media entrance, you're walking by the practice facility. If you're walking down... I believe that's Fifth uh, Street. Then you're you you eventually walk by the practice facility that's connected to the building. The rumored uh, practice facility that's coming is it's rumored to be, but I don't think any of this is official. But rumored to be where the current transit facility is, right next to Spectrum Center, where the buses park. Um, you know, the, the bus system in Charlotte is hub and spoke and the hub is that uptown transit center. And then they go out and come back. Right. And so there's been talks of moving that bus depot underground and then putting a building up. Um, and there's been a lot of building in uptown lately. And so they would put a building up and part of that would be the Charlotte Hornets, uh, practice facility, or possibly even something beside it that would be its own building that would, there would be nothing on it that would be the practice facility as well. So there's been a lot of renderings, a lot of talk, but they want a state-of-the-art facility. 
and they want it because they feel like it will attract players. And so more investments like that, I want to hear more of that in the future. How are they doing that? How are they investing in the uh, you know player development system, the Greensboro system, the coaches? Are they finding top notch top notch coaches? Are they paying those coaches? You know that's what you want to hear uh, moving forward. And just you know, it's little stuff that I don't know how much you're going to hear about except from like national media members that get whispers of this stuff when they're talking to players and different things. But it is also like the hotels that they put players in on the road, the the plane that they're sending. I mean, these are all things. Look, I mean, they're luxury goods. But if you're trying to, but so are players. Players are luxuries. They're, they cost a lot of money to bring in top tier players. And so you have to spend money so that when that top tier player doesn't have this reputation or that the team doesn't have a reputation that a top tier player is going to reject. And so that's, again, where that little bit of optimism comes in is that hopefully you'll have Schnall and Plotkin doing a reputation reset because it was going to be difficult even if Michael Jordan had gone through the trouble of like reinvesting in the team and saying, all right, we're going to get rid of this cheat motto and we're going to go all in, you know? I don't know if he was even capable of doing that financially, but but had he done it, it still would have been difficult to shed that reputational damage that had been done over the past 20 odd years. And really even going back to Shen, like, I mean, Shen wasn't, you know, he didn't have the checkbook out either. This has been a franchise that's always been viewed as cheap. This is not a, this is not a Michael Jordan only thing. So this is a chance for a reputational reset. And you've got some folks that know, uh, you, you got some business folks that know what it means um, to, to have that reputation of being a world-class organization. I think they said best in class. They wanted to make this a best in class uh, organization in their press release. All right, let's head back to the chat before I get to more. Uh, Blake saying totally rational, reasonable reactions after the new owner's first press conference, better owners than MJ, more hope than anything MJ has given us in the last few years. Well, Blake, Michael hasn't given us much. You know, he hasn't been in front of the cameras. And I think that'll be interesting to see as well. How much will Schnall and Plotkin put themselves in front of cameras to answer questions from the media, but also when they're out in the community answering questions in those, uh, you, you know, in those places as well. And I think that's why it was important for Schnall to say, hey, local, you know, local management means something, local ownership means something. And so, yeah, I think fans would like, especially in these early years, to know that these two have their hands firmly on the wheel, that there is a direction and, and what the plan is to execute on that vision. I think that's going to be super important. Uh, let's see. Scrolling, scrolling. Let's see. Hallie saying, have you seen the clip talking about MJ? Apparently uh, gambling ownership away, real or fake. I'm going to go with fake. Uh, have not heard anything legitimate on that. You're always with Michael Jordan. You're always going to have that kind of conversation uh, dating back to his playing days about why he was kicked out of the league. I think those are always going to be there. But until I see something like legitimate on that. I mean, I just can't, I don't even know how to talk about it. Um, there was some talk about, this is something from Chase. If the Hornets made their own RSN, would they call it Schnally Sports? <laughs> Schnally, Schnally, Schnally Sports. I like it. I love it, Chase. Um, you are in my zone right now. Uh, there was some talk about Bally Sports. Someone asked the question, like, how will Hornets fans watch these games with Bally Sports being in Chapter 11? which is super awkward, right? Because Bally Sports app is streaming this thing live. <laughs> and uh, Rick Schnall said, look, the Bally Sports contract goes through 25, 26. 
They don't know the answer about where Hornets fans are going to be watching this over the next couple of years because there are questions with the Chapter 11 bankruptcy. They Now, he did say we expect them to live up to the contract, but if they can't, we'll have alternate plans. Time will tell. So no firm answer on that. But certainly the NBA is going is probably has been working on plans for teams that aren't the Clippers. You know, Ballmer had already started moving away from RSN and saying, all right, we're going to set up our own streaming network. But like he has experience in that. <laughs> now, formerly the Bobcats tried to do this because the Bobcats, when they first uh, rejoined, rejoined the NBA, uh, they were owned by Bob Johnson, who came from BET. So he had television broadcast experience, and he tried to form a- another network called CSET that would broadcast Bobcats games. Uh, but getting CSET in your cable package was uh, prohibitive for a lot of people. It was difficult. And so that became a boondoggle. It became a disaster that they had to walk back completely and like just get the games on TV very quickly. Uh, because people were, it was part, I think it was one of the important things that happened that set the franchise on the bad foot. It was already on a bad foot because people were still stung, if you will, by what had happened with Shen and everything and moving the team. But that was just, you know, the Bobcats did not get off to a great start. That's what we talk about on every Hornets box score in the history podcast, all the missteps that happened there. So I think the NBA is probably working pretty closely with teams that aren't capable of pulling a bomber and saying, all right, if, if Bally's can't live up to contract, live up to the contract, here's the plan. I mean, you would hope that that's going to happen. I mean, I, you know, sometimes I listen to a radio broadcast if, if, you know, I'm in the car or something, but as that is not my preferred way of, of consuming a basketball game. Um, so, you know, hopefully they've got some contingency plans if this thing, and the MLB is the model, like the MLB has been working with teams already where Bally's is not paying the, the money that, that they're supposed to be paying for these baseball teams. And all of a sudden you have the MLB stepping in to help get these things on the air. Because again, the, the NBA doesn't want to look Bush league. They don't want this, these organizations not being able to put up their, uh, their games, Blake saying, I'm kind of glad MJ at some level is still involved with the team as long as he's not managing everything. I think, Blake, your view there is probably the popular view, which is why I think they took pains to mention that he's still going to be involved with the organization, but not, but, but definitely did it in a careful way that wasn't like, He's still making the calls. Like they don't want that to be the impression. Who, you know, if you pay three billion for something, you wouldn't want the impression to be, you know, we're not making the calls. But it wasn't an aggressive thing. You know, again, similar to I think a situation like Phoenix, where a guy's going to come in and say, "All right, this is my thing now. We're moving forward with my vision completely." It's not the same kind of thing because there's too many connections. This feels more like a transition and not a clean break. Um, and they obviously have respect for the core that they built now, because look, they, they have now set the, the agenda here. They, they've mentioned this core. So if they completely move a lot of these young players, all of a sudden, then they will have gone against that. But that, you know, I don't, I, you know, I don't think that they would come in there and, and say something that they didn't truly believe. I don't, I, that would be a, a poor business decision, um, to, to go, to go completely away from that. Uh, let's see. Just let me watch the games on NBA league pass. Exactly. 
I mean, if we if if the end of RSNs mean the end of blackouts, I think we'll all be better for it. You know, hopefully everybody gets to keep their job and that, you know, we, we transition the people that were working for Bally's into some whatever this thing looks like in the future. But like we gotta find a way for more people to consume the product. In the a in the era where more Gen Zers are not consuming the product because they're watching highlights, they're going to every other place. You know why they're watching highlights? Because getting on TikTok is free. Because getting on Twitter for now or X is free. Getting on Facebook is free. These things are free. And so the people that are going to consume your product and pay for it at some point with their disposable income 10 to 15 years from now, they're going everywhere except the place where you watch the full games because everyone's cutting the cord. Their parents are cutting the cord. They're cutting the cord. It just, it doesn't make any sense. You've got to make your product available to as many people as possible. Um, and, and for a price that's reasonable. And I think eventually these people will come to their senses as the, again, the cable numbers continue to slide. It's not, it's not changing. Okay. They will come to their senses eventually. Uh, let's go through the chat some more. Um, <laughs> Donald saying, I don't know why people from New York or Florida moved to the Carolinas, moved to another state, uh, because North Carolina rules, because you get, at least for now, until, uh, you know, climate change ruins this, um, you know, you do get all four seasons, you get the mountains, you get the plateau, you get the beaches, you, you, you know, the Carolinas generally, uh, not the tax friendliest, but also not the most tax painful state. Um, they, you know, Charlotte has, um, acquired some, some good, uh, business relationships and headquarters. Um, Honeywell just put a huge building up next to the Carolina Panther stadium, like North Carolina. Like when you look at all of the demographics, where people are moving from and to it, a lot of people are moving to North Carolina and a lot of those people are moving away from New York and California. And so, you know, North Carolina, I think offers a lot of benefits to people to move here now. Do I think Chanel buying an apartment in Charlotte means that he's going to like, you know, hang out on South Boulevard and, you know, shop at Harris Teeter? No, like I think, you know, he'll be here. He's a jet setter. He probably lives a life, a lot of his life on a plane um, or in traffic. You know, he's going to be moving. He does have other businesses. These I think that's going to be interesting. You've got two people that I don't think like the Charlotte Hornets are not going to be their entire lives. Um, I don't think this is going to be a situation where like, you know, Mark Cuban makes the Mavericks part of his identity. I don't think that the Charlotte Hornets are going to be part of the identity of Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin. I might be wrong. Uh, they could prove me wrong uh, by being super in front of the cameras and being at every game and, you know, throwing popcorn in the air when there's a big play. Like they could prove me wrong. I just don't see it happening. I see this for them as a good savvy business plan because they paid 3 billion or however much they individually paid for it. If they hold on to this thing for 10, 15 years, it's going to be worth three, four times as much. I mean, there's just like when you see what Michael Jordan invested and what he got out of it, sports isn't going anywhere. People love sports. Sports seems to be growing. Um, this is just a good investment and they're going to make, they're going to maintain the business part of that. I think um, I'm just not, I'm not as certain about like their passion uh, for, for what's happening. So let me go back to my rundown, see if I missed anything here. Oh, Steve Reed asked the question that I think a lot of fans would want to know. Hey, big time free agents. Are you going to open the checkbook? Are you going to go after the big time free agents, free agents? And Plotkin said, 
uh, in part, it takes time and patience, but player development is important. He pointed to Miami as an example of the player development. And while true, they do have, you know, it's the whole thing on this show. Where do they get all those wonderful toys? How do they do it? How do they pull these players out of obscurity? And how they do it is, you know, Pat Riley has built an, uh, an extremely powerful culture of winning and, and heat culture is a real thing. And they have a great player development. They've invested in that. And Pat and, and finding Pat Riley or Pat Riley going to Miami to be that guy, to be that czar is very important. So they got to find that guy. Mitch Kupchak is not that guy. Mitch Kupchak is not Pat Riley. Okay. So that's step number one, find Pat Riley or find something that is somewhat Pat Riley light, plight, if you will. Um, and the other part of that is that Miami also uses every single tool in their tool belt to put a franchise together that wins. They, they make trades. They get Jimmy Butler. They're going after Damian Lillard. I think they'll ultimately end up with Damian Lillard. Now, again, going back to what we talked about at the beginning, there are built-in advantages for Miami because they've been contenders, because they have Pat Riley, because they have Eric Spolstra. There are built-in, because, because it is Miami, they have certain built-in advantages. But it didn't, it didn't just become that. It didn't automatically become that. They built that. And it's up to Plotkin and Schnall to start that process. It's not going to happen in a season. But they've got to start striking out in the trade market. You've got you've to bring players in that can then attest to what you've built. Hey, I didn't, you know, it wasn't my choice to come here. But now that I see everything that they're building, I believe in it. You've got to be able to convince a player of that. But the Hornets haven't even been willing to take that chance. They didn't take it with Donovan Mitchell. Cleveland, at least right now, we'll see. Maybe Donovan Mitchell ends up ejecting to the New York Knicks. But at least for now, Donovan's bought in on what Cleveland is selling. And the Hornets haven't even been able to really um, have the bravery, I think, to take that risk, bring that guy in that may leave. You know, love is a risk. To love is to risk being hurt. To trade for a player is to risk being hurt, but the reward, if you can convince them that what you're putting together is beautiful, the reward is marriage. The reward is building a life together. The reward is a championship. Rick Schnall said the world of free agency has changed state-of-the-art practice facility winning culture. So again, a lot of this was manicured. A lot of this was pretty down the line. I wouldn't say that there was too much from this that was particularly interesting. I do think that what I was looking for from this press conference is, are we looking at two individuals who are going to come in and immediately clean house, immediately put their stamp on the organization and make big decisions, rash decisions, quick decisions? And I would say flat out, no, that is not the read that I got. I got two guys that were willing to stay the course on what they've been building for now. And they're going to focus on investing in other areas to make this an organization that can ultimately win a championship, can ultimately attract free agents. Um, but it's not going to be an Ishbia Phoenix Suns kind of situation. Uh, so thanks for jumping on this chat, this live stream that we've done. This has been fun. Um, let's see, Jam Jam saying, did you get your truth and lie from the press conference? I think I did, honestly. Uh, thanks for the reference to today's show. I said I wanted them to lie to me first, and I think they did. In the beginning of the press conference, they said that this is a top 10 to 15 market in basketball. I think that's a lie, uh, but I'm glad that they believe it, and I'm glad that they're lying to me about that. 
And then I think the truth is that they're not going to clean house immediately, that they are not going to make rash decisions. And that might ultimately turn out if they can follow it by actually making some decisions in the future. The, the danger is, all right, we're not going to make rash decisions, and then we're just not going to make decisions. We're just going to stick to the plan, even though the plan isn't delivering results. I hope that these two people that come from a business background will recognize, hey, this these results aren't happening, and, and now we're going to take this thing in a different direction. That I ultimately hope is the truth of what we saw today. That's a great question. Um, and let's see, Charlotte saying, so based on the interview, Charlotte Sports 1 saying, so based on the interview, you don't think a big name star is coming to Charlotte. Well, not not next season. I don't, I mean, again, they, it would be surprising if they made that kind of move uh, based on what I heard. Uh, but ultimately, uh, you know, I think that's that's their plan is to build, you know, and I think it's up to fans and season ticket holders and people that have real sway to hold them to account there. You know, if this thing doesn't, if this is still a losing organization three to four years from now, you know, then I think people have to stand up and say, hey, wait a minute, what, what change actually happened here? But we're not going to be able to make that kind of judgment based on what we see uh, this season. Uh, Shmi said, I missed the interview. Did they give any thoughts on keeping um, MK? On keeping PJ? On keeping MB, Miles Bridges, I'm not sure what MK is there, um, if you could clarify that. But if it's PJ, no. If it's Miles Bridges, there were no questions about players. And I don't think these guys would even have answers to that, really, that they would be willing to share. Uh, but no questions about their involvement in those transactions. I thought that was a missed opportunity for the media not asking those questions about, like, how, what was your involvement in the draft picks? What was your involvement in the decision to break back Miles Bridges? No one asked about that. This, excuse me, this was a coronation. And there was, they did say that, and Donald, Donald pointing this out here, Donald Duck, um, quack, quack, saying, what about James Najee going back to Barcelona? They, so they did mention, and I don't know that we've got confirmation on this. They may have let this slip a little bit early, but they did mention that three of the draft picks are here and that one is heading back to Europe. Well, the only one that would be in contention to head back to Europe would be the guy that was playing for Barcelona last year, Barcelona. Uh, that would be James Najee. So seemingly, oh, Mitch Kupchak, MK, gotcha. <laughs> Mitchie! Um, so there was, yes, they they did say that they don't plan, we do not intend to make any changes to the basketball ops in the short term. So I take that to mean that Mitch Kupchak, for now, is safe. Uh, and I think they're going to see how this season plays out. And, and this is just my speculation on it. I think they'll let the season play out if the season goes badly very quickly then you might see some changes sooner rather than later just to make a statement but you know ultimately i think they you know you heard a lot of words like patient you heard a lot of words like smart decisions not rash decisions you know so that's that's a lot of the vibe that you were getting from this um okay and Charlotte Sports One saying, all I'm saying is you never hear Charlotte in talks when big name players move teams. Uh, yeah, you heard Charlotte mentioned when Donovan Mitchell was uh, getting traded from Utah that Charlotte had spoken to someone about it at two summer leagues ago about that transaction, but nothing ever happened. I mean, I'm sure that Mitch Kupchak has made, you know, tried to figure out what's Charlotte's place in all these transactions that happened. 
but it's just never aggressive enough to the point where Charlotte actually becomes a contender to make a trade. Um, Charlotte's not mentioned as a free agent destination because not because it's a small market, because it's not a winning market. Schnall's right when he says that free agency has changed. Um, that happened a long time ago when LaMarcus Aldridge decided not to go to Los Angeles, when Los Angeles was like, hey, we'll give you everything. Well, you know, you could be a star in L.A. And LaMarcus was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. Um, that was because L.A. and New York and Chicago have lost their luster as like destinations because as a, as a personality, you can make your market wherever, but you have to win. And so that's, I think that's part of the problem. And when Charlotte can't even go out and get the coach that they want and Kenny Atkinson, and they have to go back to a coach that they fired, you know, three or four seasons ago, that's when you go, okay, is a free agent really going to be confident that they can come here? A big time free agent going to be confident that they would come here and change everything or that they could recruit other players to come here. You know, I, I think that's, that's the reputational challenge that they have. Okay, we'll do more on this. Um, I would also, I saw press releases come out. I'd also like to play a game that we haven't played in a while, which is press release Mad Lib, um, because this was a good one to do press release Mad Lib on. Uh, so stay tuned for that on Monday. I'm going to be back with Walker Mail. Thanks so much. Subscribe to the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and you haven't subscribed to the audio podcast, we need to boost our numbers there. So head on over to your podcast app of choice, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, however you listen to podcasts, if you listen to podcasts, if you don't, just whatever app is on your phone, just search Locked on Hornets and subscribe. That would help our podcast a lot. Thank you so much uh, for joining me on this live show. Go Hornets, go America, let's swarm Charlotte, and uh, we'll see you on, see you on Monday. 